Now, the birthday, I'm going to say the birthday boy, I reckon I can call him that, is on the line. 95 today. Ron, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much, Roy. Well, this is a lovely surprise. Thank you. Yeah, it's always, always nice to talk to you and lovely always to see you. Anyway, how are you? I'm good, Ron. Now, I've got to say, 95, if they whack the candles on the cake, guys, it could be, you could be in a bit of bother here blowing these out. Yeah, well, yeah, well, actually, I went to the morning race course yesterday and had a bit of a lunch there, and fortunately, along came uh, halfway through the, the afternoon, along came a nice uh, uh, sponge cake, a nice cream with uh, some candles on it, so I was very happy about that. It was very nice. Oh, g'day, Ron. Happy nice birthday. The racing club, eh? Happy birthday, Ron. It's Matt Nevitt here. Thanks for jumping on Big V Racing for a chat. Uh, this oh, morning, good, it's great to have you on. I'm inspired by uh, any 95-year-old who's going as well as you are at the moment. How are you feeling today on your 95th birthday? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I feel much better. I have, but I've run into a couple of hurdles over the last few months in one way or another with uh, health-wise. But uh, fortunately, uh, I'm still a little bit frail. Uh, but uh, on, the, on the whole, I'm, I'm, I'm improving every day. And today, uh, my birthday, I'm quite happy. Uh, it's very good. Hey, Ron, when we celebrate our birthday, it's just nice to, nice to be the right side of the grass, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Hey, you're right there. Hey, you're right there, Sean, that's for sure. <laughs> now, you often go for a swim. Are you still swimming? Uh, well, I, well, I had a bit of an operation on the tummy, so for the last uh, two months I've, uh, I haven't been swimming because of infection. But mm. anyway, uh, up until then, oh, yeah, I was going uh, four or five times a week. I uh, swim a kilometre, we're 40 laps of the pool, so it uh, takes me about an hour, and then I have a bit of a uh, sauna and a, a plunge and I'm in the, in the spa, so I look after myself, and I, uh, although I'm not doing it at the moment, I, I miss it tremendously, and I can't wait to get back uh, doing it sometime in the next few weeks. And the way you're going, so, uh, you'll be riding again next weekend, the way you're going. Well, well actually, you know, Sean, I lost 10 kilos while I was ill. And uh, I really, I went down from uh, 10, uh, what, uh, 64 kilos down to uh, 53. So, yeah, I lost a bit of weight and that, cause that knocked me back a bit, you know. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I, as I said before, I'm, uh, I'm improving every day. And, uh, out and about, enjoy myself. So I miss, I'm not going to the races today, but I was there yesterday and I was there on Saturday. So, and I most likely go to the Flemington on Saturday, this coming Saturday. So sure, look, I'm, I'm enjoying my life at the moment and meeting and, meeting and seeing people and my old friends. It's always a pleasure. Well, they say the best yeah. thing to do is keep busy. It sounds like that's exactly what you're doing, Ron. I've been watching a, a, a documentary series of recent times oh, yeah. on, on how to, to live longer and to live stronger into your later years in, in life. Uh, it, can you let us in on a few of, of, your, of your tricks? Is it just about keeping fit and well, healthy and busy, oh, or have you got anything I'll... else that you, you would recommend? Well, well, Matt, I'll tell you what, all my, all my life I've been pretty active, you know, sort of uh, uh, riding work and riding in races and all that sort of thing. Those sort of things keep you fit, and when I was at my best... Uh, I was, you know, I used to run and uh, jog and do all those, you know, sort of a gymnastic type of things. And uh, I think, you know, throughout my life, I've always pretty, been pretty active in, 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 in myself and, uh, you know, doing plenty of exercise. I think that uh, as you get older, you've got to, you've got to move, keep your body moving and, uh, and look after yourself. Eat the right foods, of course. Mm. 
don't drink too much, never smoke, whatever you do. That's what they think. Uh, but uh, do everything in moderation. You know, I think good company and, they, and laughter is amazing. Unfortunately, yeah, fortunately, uh, I've got a, a family that they enjoy. Uh, they enjoy music and they enjoy laughing and telling jokes. So, uh, in all, it's a pretty good uh, situation to be in. Uh, you've never been a big drinker, have you? Oh no, I've never been a big drinker. I've you know, had my, my days occasionally with a few glasses of champagne and those sort of things, but uh, I've never been a big drinker. I, I didn't have my uh, an alcoholic drink until I was about 32 year, years of age when I went over to Ireland and I was introduced to uh, a G and T. So that was <laughs> that was my first uh, alcoholic drink that I that I had as a young person. You know, he's so I was never, as I say, I was never a beer drinker because I uh, I that put on weight and that didn't help you very mm. much. So anyway. Yeah, so anyway, but I've had my days occasionally. Ron, did you ever have weight problems when you were riding? Because you started off, you were very small. Oh, yeah, sure, I had no no problem at all. I could ride uh, in today's uh, uh, 50, uh, 49, 50 kilos, right up until I was uh, in my 50s, really. I, I used to put a bit of weight in, uh, on in during the week, a couple of pounds, a couple of kilos, and I said, but as soon as I started to get serious about my job... Uh, it seemed to off, and I was able to. Very, very seldom did I uh, really have to um, do any, uh, any, you know, starvations or take medications or anything like that to take uh, weight off. I was pretty good, really. So now, I was lucky. Now, when you started off, I believe your parents didn't want you to be a jockey. They reckoned everyone were crooks in the racing game, and they didn't want you to have anything right. to do with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and my dear old mum told me she, she said, um, the "Jockey." You'll never be a jockey for a long hold, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and you've still got a hole there and you become yeah, a champion that, jockey. That gave me the incentive to make, to make me do it, to change, so I was all right. <laughs> hey, how tough was it when you started out? Because in those days, you, you you probably... Did you stay with the trainer? Did you actually board with them? Yeah, well, I sure. No, you had no wages. Course, uh, no, I think it was a, in those days about five shillings a week you got, mm. and you got your keep, uh, you know, your food and all that sort of, and a place to live and stay. But outside of that, outside of being looked after like the jockeys are today and the apprentices today, gosh, it was a pretty hard. It was pretty hard yard yakker in those days. You know, up at four o'clock uh, every morning, and uh, and then. In the afternoon, maybe an hour or so off to have a bit of a sleep in the afternoon, and then back to work at three in the afternoon. You know, it was pretty, it was pretty full on. But look, Joshua, I enjoyed every moment. I have no regrets of it. I enjoyed it. I loved the horses, and I enjoyed every moment. But you know, and uh, and fortunately, I made a, I've made over the years, sure, a, a lot of wonderful people, and made a lot of lovely friends throughout the world. So on. Um, I'm very fortunate and look back on it with a lot of admiration, you know. So, Ron, yeah. you, you touched on how you weren't from a racing family, but uh, you told your mum you were going to become a jockey and she nearly fell off her chair. But uh, So tell us about those early experience of, uh, experiences of riding. Who did you first ride for back in the day? Well, I was apprenticed to a fellow called Claude Goodfellow, and uh, he was a very prominent trainer, but he was, a, he was, very, he was very thorough. He taught her... He had a, a, at that particular time, year, in those particular years, he had, he was a great teacher of uh, jockeys, uh, 
Peter Simons and uh, Laurie Mean and the no Stacey, but they, they were all sort of taught by uh, <coughs> uh, Claude, Claude Goodfellow, and along I came along, and uh, and he had a brother, several other apprentices as well, but uh, I was the most prominent one anyway. I was the leading apprentice, and and uh, but it was very, it was a tough, it was tough in those days too. There was only during the war years, there was only uh, I think it was three race meetings a month. That was all. That was in those in those days. There wasn't remember many race meetings. There was a race meeting on a Wednesday up in the country, and one in the metropolitan area on the Saturday. So uh, they were very sparse, you know, the races in those days. Now, Ron. Fortunately for you, you rode your first winner, I think, at your 12th ride. That would have got you noticed. Yes, as a matter of fact, I rode a yeah, I can remember it very well, sure. One of a, a little mare called Busybody, and she was trained by a fellow called you know, Mr. Watson. He was, uh, he was, uh, had only had one or two in work, and Busybody was, yeah, uh, well, he used to work, walk it to the track every morning, and I'd ride at work and all that sort of thing for him, and, and uh, anyway, fortunately, uh, she started me on my career, and I won several races on her, and she was the one that got me going. But, yes, at Men's Own, uh, yeah, way back, I think it was 1943, if I remember right. But anyway, yeah, she got me going, and uh, it wasn't long before I started riding with her, and luckily, I, in 1945, I think uh, Cecil Godby uh, put me on a thing into the Australian Cup, and uh, and fortunately, a horse called Spectre it was, and he, and he, was uh, lucky enough to win. So I, I was very very chuffed about that. Winning a group one race, it was they called group I didn't know they were just handicaps, but the uh, it was very a very thrill, a big thrill it was, and. Uh, and uh, both enjoyable. Well, we're chatting with Ron Hutchinson, who's 95 today. Ron, the incredible thing was you won on... She was a grey mare, Spectre, the Australian Cup, Group 1. You'd only been that's riding right. for three months at the time. That's right, yeah, yes, that's it, yeah, exactly. I hadn't, um, I hadn't uh, you know, hadn't been going very long, so uh, it was... It was and I, and I think it's the same year, Sean, I, um, I ran second on, on Rainbird in the Caulfield Cup to... to um, uh, St. Perry, so uh, that was a bit of a thrill too. I, 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 I didn't ride. I was able to ride her in the uh, Melbourne Cup, but uh, Billy Cook got the ride on her at the last moment, and uh, of course he won the Melbourne Cup on it. So yeah, it was a big, big thrill. Now your boss Cecil Goodfellow, I've got a bit of yeah. mail that he was that strict. He'd even vet the girls you were going to take out. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, Sean. Yeah, he, well, I was doing pretty good as an apprentice, you know. Like, and, he, but I, and I was, uh, you know, winning a few races, and getting doing, getting my name in the newspapers and all that sort of thing. And if I uh, if I fancied uh, taking out a girl or anything like that, the next next thing, unbeknownst to me, he'd he'd, 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 he'd take them out for a cup of coffee and come back uh, <laughs> in a day or so and say, "Oh, that girl's not for you. She's not good for you." So, uh, and I was wondering why. So anyway. He took my wife out as well. So when he, when he come back, he said, "Now he said, he's a good, that's a good girl, that's a good girl." Anyway, <laughs> I took his advice and married her, and it was very, very successful for sixty-five years. So it was lovely. And the incredible thing is, you still he was a good judge, uh, yeah. and you're still a chick magnet these days when you go to the races. What's that, mate? You're still a chick magnet these days when you go to the races. The women flock to you. Oh, do 
like, well, yeah, right, oh, yeah, right. She'll put herself around, you yeah, know. Right. And sometimes, <laughs> just, some, hey, sometimes I get a bit lucky too. Don't worry well, about that. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> well, you've got no one vetting them now, so you, you have to do all your own homework. Open <laughs> slammer. <laughs> yeah. Ron, you, oh, good. You, you, you just had a wonderful run here in Australia. Things were going terrific. Uh, you won premierships. The move overseas, how did that come about when you went over to ride internationally? Well, yeah, well, I was uh, going overseas in those days, way back in the, in the 50s. It was, a, you know, it was a, like a, that was only a dream to go over overseas, you know. Although when the, uh, I did, I did uh, have an offer to go to America when uh, Eddie Carroll or Johnny Longer came out and he, uh, he said to me, I should go and have a go and ride in America. But anyway, I, luckily for me, uh, Alan Bell, who was a steward at the time, said, he said, oh, he said you should stay at home. And, and he said, one day you might get an offer to go where, where the matter of racing did with just England. And sure enough, I got a telegram that... Uh, uh, on the 1959 uh, at the at Melbourne Cup time, at the uh, the races were sent to be to, to give a, a trainer in Ireland, uh, Paddy Prendergast, a uh, ring uh, at that or whenever it was available. And I rang him, and of course he asked me would I come over and ride in Ireland for a season, only one season. I was able to go there. So anyway, I took up the offer and uh, went to Ireland, and I lived there for two years. And we were very successful. We had a great time. So uh, it was it was very good, and that's how I came to go overseas. And uh, I was there in uh, two years in Ireland with Paddy, and then I got a job to go and work for ride for the Duke and Duchess of Norfolk. So uh, I went with them, and I was with them for 17 years. So uh, it was a very long association and a very happy association. So well, it was good. I mentioned how yeah. you know, it was great that you, you got a winner at your 12th ride, you got noticed. Well, you certainly got noticed when you went to to England. I think your first ride yeah. there, you won the 2000 Guineas. That's right. That's right. Well, actually, my first ride in England was um, was on Marshall that won the 2000 Guineas at Newmark. I've never been there in my life before, is it? And, uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, we were lucky enough. And I think, if I remember rightly too, Sean, that uh, Marshall was the first uh, Irish, uh, Guinea's winner in something like a hundred years or something, you know, it was the first classic they'd won. Anyway, uh, I, must, I must look that up. But anyway, uh, it, 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 he, he, Marshall won an uh, owned by an American uh, ambassador for, for Ireland and uh, uh, he was lucky enough to win and got, but that got me going. From then on, I went to uh, Chester and had a few winners at Chester and then the Royal Ascot came along and I uh, had a few we had some pretty good two-year-olds, and I won a couple of races at Royal Ascot. So, in all, in all, uh, by that was in June, and uh, Paddy said to me, "He said, will you come back and ride next year for me?" So, I, as I was doing so well, I said, "Yeah, I'll come back here." Yeah, so, we, uh, that's how I how I came to uh, to, uh, to to Ireland uh, the second year. So, <coughs> it was a very happy association. It was great. Hey, Ron, of all those great races that you won overseas, is there one that stands out? Have you got a favourite? Oh, yes, Matthew. Yes, without a doubt. Um, uh, when I first went to the, with uh, the Duke of Norfolk, uh, he was he was the... Uh, the uh, oh, he used to run Royal Ascot at that particular time, and he said to me, he said, the only racer, I said, they can have their derbies and all that. He said, oh, what the race I want to do and would like to win would be the... Uh, 
Yaska Gold Cup. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, in I think it was 1974, he beat a horse called Ragstone, and uh, he uh, we won the won the uh, Ascot Gold Cup. So it was uh, he got his, he, he died he, he died in I think it was nineteen uh, seventy five when in February nineteen seventy five. So he he achieved what he uh, had the, the ambition to do, and um, sure enough, it was a very very successful days. Well, there's another bloke you rode his first winner for, and I tell you what, he's kicked on, Sheikh Mohammed. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I, I started to do that big, uh, the good off stable off. Uh, as a matter of fact, I rode a filly for him at uh, Brighton in England, and uh, a filly called Hatter, and that was his first winner. I think he was at that particular time. He was only, I think he was still a student uh, in the University of Seventy. He was about 27 years of age at the time. Anyway, of course, it uh, started off the, the dynasty and it's gone from strength to strength and now it's probably the biggest uh, stable in the world. So I've had that uh, that honour of starting being uh, his uh, jockey for the first time. Ronnie, in England they have the, the flat season and the jump season. What did you do when the jumpers were on? Uh, I used to come back, back to Australia. Mm. Um I, I went to America one year in 1964, I think it was. Uh, I went, uh, uh, spent the winter in, uh, in Florida, uh, riding in, uh, Gulfstream and, um, uh, Hylia. So, uh, so I, 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 I enjoyed it over there, but I didn't have any success. So I was a bit different, a bit different racing. But on, on other days, on other years rather, I used to, I used to come out to Australia, back to Australia, and I'd go to, Perth for the uh, Perth Cup meeting uh, on New Year's Day and uh, spend a bit of time there. So, uh, uh, yeah, I treated it as, as a holiday, through uh, holiday. So uh, I'd get back to uh, England uh, the middle of March when the cold weather was starting to wane and the warm weather was kind of the spring was coming in. So I used to enjoy it. So I, because I was interested in those days in Lindsay Park stud mm. with Colin Hayes and... Uh, a few of his mates, so uh, there's always something to do when I came back to Australia. It was good. Now, we're chatting mm. with, with Ron Hutchinson, celebrating his 95th birthday today, the 1966 Epsom Derby, Charlottetown. Did your old mate Scobie Beasley neck you for the ride there? Oh, no, not really, not really. I, I actually, I, uh, <laughs> I was riding you. Charlottetown were, was a very, very good two-year-old, and uh, he had uh, hoof problems, and... Uh, that's called Shelly Feet, and I rode him in the Lingfield Derby trial. He was favourite for the Derby at that particular time, and I rode him in the Lingfield Derby trial, and uh, he, uh, he he got too far back. I got too far back, and I come home a million mile an hour, and uh, just got got beat got beat by a horse called Black Prince, and uh, I ran second anyway. As he was favourite, they gave me a bit of a pay and a bit of a bit of a you know sort of a roast. So, uh, but. Uh, during the week or the next week, uh, the owner, Sir Harold Wernery, uh, he rang me up uh, and he, he said, um, uh, Hutchinson, he says, it's Werner here. He says, we've decided to, that you have uh, not comfortable uh, uh, with, with, with uh, of the horse and you won't be uh, riding him in the derby next week. And hung up. He just, me, just hung up. So the next thing I thought, gee, I was devastated. So I rang the next. Next thing I rang old Scope 
And I said, well, Sarah, what do you think they've done to me? Oh, he said, I know, he said, and I'm riding it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, it was a bit disappointing, but it was a chance of winning the name of Derby. But uh, anyway, poor, and unfortunately for me too, I, I, the horse that ran second called Breton that particular year, He, uh, I was riding him and the owner of the... Uh, they wanted me to ride him in the derby because I was, but I couldn't because I was, I was engaged to ride Charlottetown. Anyway, Paul Cook got on uh, uh, Patrons and he ran second. So it was a bit disappointing that particular year for me. But uh, never mind. That's what, that's what happens in all racing all the time. Hey, Ron, what sort of relationship did you have with your fellow jockeys at the time, especially the ones that you were competing with and against here in Australia? Were you a close-knit bunch? Yeah, yeah, we, 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 we I, I, I suppose uh, the closest I to were mostly um, like uh, Jeff Lewis. Here. He was a very good pal of mine, and uh, I was pretty close to Jeff. He, in fact, we had uh, he had we, we lived not next door to one another, but two or three houses away from under in my early days. So I was pretty close to Jeff in in those days. Yeah, we used to go to the races together, and and. Uh, he was, uh, he, of course, he then he, he got he, as the time went on, he got on that for good horse Mill Reef, and he was very successful. Very, he won the Derby and the Arctic on. So yeah, he was a close Bobby and Scovey, Bill Williams, and we're all we're all pretty good mates, yeah, for sure. Now, Ron, mm. one of the greatest English jockeys actually went to jail for tax fraud because he didn't pay his tax. Lester Piggott, they reckon he oh. wouldn't shout of a shark bit him. <laughs> Pretty ruthless, old Les. Well, I must say, you know, yeah, we uh, we both uh, had the same valet, uh, some uh, man called Sonny Hales, so he was our, our valet. But uh, Les always used to come with us to the races with us and give Sonny the, uh, a great big wad of notes and say, look for him to look after during the day. Mm. But he was pretty ruthless in, in, in that respect. But uh, there's no doubt But he was cool, calm and collected all the time. You know, it, it didn't make any difference whether he was riding in the English Derby or was riding a maiden race at Folkestone. He was just uh, he was just uh, cool, calm and collected, you know. He was very, very uh, out. He was, he was just, there was one, one person only and that was Lester, you know. Now, <coughs> Ron, you yeah, rode... I say he's gone to God, unfortunately. Mm. You rode some wonderful horses. I'm going to mention one name to see what you think of this bloke. Balmerino. Yeah. Oh, Belmarino, yeah, Belmarino shot. God, he, I would say, I put him down as one of the best horses I ever rode. Uh, unfortunately for me, I only rode him when he was an older, elder, you know, three, I think he was a four or five year old, I remember when I rode him in. He, I had four rides on him in England, and John Dunlop, who was riding out, who was our trainer, he trained him, and uh, his first race in, uh, at the end of the season was, and uh, he won a race at, uh, at Goodwood. Uh, over a mile and a quarter, and that was he won very easy. And the next start, about two weeks later, he ran second to the Arctic on to a horse called Alleged as a three-year-old, and and uh, he Alleged won the Arctic game the following year. Then I rode him in a uh, race in, in Italy in, in, in Milan. He won the race, but unfortunately me, for me, he ducked in and interfered with the second horse, and they took the race off me. And then the four, about two weeks after that, he uh, ran in the Washington International uh, and uh, ran very well in the Washington International. And that was uh, that was my last ride um, 
in in the northern hemisphere. I I uh, never wrote. I retired then, so uh, from England, and it was ninety. It was actually nineteen seventy-seven. It was that that year. So um, yeah, he was a very good horse, very good horse indeed. Hey. And I think they put him in the Hall of Famer for me, right? Mm. Sure. We're chatting with Ron Hutchinson, legendary jockey, and uh, it's his 95th birthday today. Ron, of all the jockeys you rode against, who was the best jockey you rode against? Oh, gee, uh, Sean, uh, there were so, ma- so many um, in there uh, over the years that I've been in, where in, uh, like, uh, in, in Australia, here, like uh, George Moore and uh, Neville Selwood, Bill Williamson, uh, Scobie Breezley, in Europe... Uh, yeah, Lester, of course, Joe Mercer, uh, all all great jockeys. Um, but the one that I admired, though, who took a fancy to was uh, Old Scobe, Old Scobe Brisbane. He was such a lovely old bloke, and uh, he he and I hit it off. Um, I didn't ride very much for him when he was a trainer because he was a bit of a bit of an old grump as a trainer, as a, a, a <laughs> critical as a jockey. And I said to him, he asked me to ride one day, and I looked, I said, Scope, look, I'd rather, I don't want to ride, I'd, I'd rather be your friend than be your jockey. So <laughs> we, uh, we didn't have much luck as, uh, as, uh, as a trainer and jockey, but, um, he had, he, he had Bill Williamson rode a lot for him and won the Irish Derby on, uh, on for him, and, uh, he was, he was a very successful trainer, Scope. And, you know, not only in England and France and, uh, and Barbados, he was he was very successful. Had a great time, but he was a lovely man. Uh, we got on very very well together, and right up until practically the day that he died, we we were always together. And and um, yeah, I, I enjoyed his company immensely. It was good. He lived he lived like a king and enjoyed life. I'll tell you. Now, Ron, now Ron, before you just said that you retired after your career uh, in Europe, but that's not quite true, is it? Because 20 years after you won the Melbourne Jockeys Premiership, you won the Singapore Jockeys Premiership in 1978. How did you end up riding in Singapore? Oh, gee, well, occasionally I, I, I used to go out to, um, uh, during the winter, I'd go and have a few uh, weeks of, uh, and have a ride or two in Singapore. And uh, I enjoyed it because of the hot, warm warm weather. And that particular year was in 1977, Matt, and... Um, that was the year of the birth of Bel Marino, and uh, I was invited to go to um, uh, um, New Zealand to ride. Uh, the owners and trainers put together, and they get, gave me a, and my wife and family a holiday in New Zealand. And uh, I was doing a sort of story about talking about Bel Marino and the various racing throughout the world in uh, New Zealand. I had a few rides, and on my, on my way back. Um, I called in uh, to Singapore, and uh, they raced uh, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and the following Saturday, Sunday. Anyway, I uh, I had a bit of luck, and uh, I won quite a few races that, that particular four days. And there was a trainer there called Ivan Allen. He said to me, he said, you're retired now. He said, why don't you spend the rest of the season in uh, Singapore? And um, and he said, I'll sponsor you, and, uh, and come and stay on. I said to my wife, yeah, well, oh, I've got nothing else to do. And it'd be cold in England, I'll say. So I, I did, and I, fortunately for me, I um, I had, had a good bit of luck, and I became the, the leading jockey in the country. So uh, it was very, very profitable for me. It was great, yeah. <laughs>
Now, Ron, we've got yeah. some wonderful riders in Australia at the moment, spread around the country. If you had a horse, oh. and I said to you, throw your colours into a room, which yeah. jockey would you hope would pick them up and ride for you? Which would be your first pick? Oh, that's a, what the, the local jockeys, you mean? Yeah, in Australia, yeah. In Australia at the oh. moment, Victoria, yeah. Sydney, wherever, which well, jockey would you want oh, on? Sean, you can't go past uh, this... Um, <laughs> Um, and James McDonald, he's, he's outstanding, isn't he? You know, like I'm, I, uh, I, I've, I've never can remember a, a, a jockey that was winning so many Group One races, and you know, and he can he's riding in, in it, whether it's Royal Ascot or uh, Hong Kong or Japan or anything. He's 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 the tops, and without a doubt, as they all write him up as the best jockey in the world, and I have no doubt about that. He's because mm. he's a. Uh, He's a very dedicated young man, and um, and he's uh, he's got style about him. He's, he's well, he's he's a, he's a real, really outstanding jockey for mine. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, uh, it's very yeah. hard to but argue. There's, yeah. there's others, Damien. Oh, you can't go past old Damien. Oh, he's getting on now, but uh, <laughs> Damien, oh, is outstanding. Craig Williams, where there's another jockey, never stops riding big winners. So. Uh, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're very, very solid at the moment, you know. Yeah, we've got a great pool of jockeys. We're very lucky here in Australia. Ron, yeah. I was going to ask a similar sort of question. I was going to ask, is there one jockey here in Australia right now that reminds you of yourself and the way that you used to ride? I'll say James McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the best in the and world. He, I like it. Yes. And he's not as good, Ronnie, is he? <laughs> <laughs> he's still got a bit yeah. to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I could say Jamie, Jamie Carr, but uh, but uh, so, but uh, that uh, being a female and a male, I'll, I'll say the six of the male. Mm. Yeah. Now, Ron, <laughs> very good, young, um, young Jamie yeah. Carr. She's done extremely well, hasn't she? She has. And but all there's several jockeys, uh, girls, uh, are riding well today. You know, there's uh, that girl Rachel King in uh, Sydney. She rides well. A little girl in Adelaide. Jessica Easton, very good. Right, you know, they ride very well indeed, you know. Now, Ron, you've looked at and seen and ridden against the best jockeys in the world. Yeah. What, what qualities make a good jockey? Oh, the ability to uh, read a race, uh, know the, uh, the opposition, what the jockey around you is like, uh, they all they all make mistakes and uh, they ride to you know they ride to a pattern as, as as you know they you know some jockeys can ride closer to the lead others can get back and do you know come from behind but uh, when you're riding in a race you've got to know who who are the opposition around you and picking out the best jockey to follow and a uh, fellow like if I was riding I'd be I'd be right up uh, uh, James McConnell uh, McDonald. I'd be following him wherever he went. I'd be right behind him, you know. That's what I used to do with old Scope. He was uh, he was my uh, idol at the time, and whatever Scope was, uh, he was going to ride a good race. Well, I'd be right behind him, following. And I think that's what the jockey uh, to do they are doing today. And um, and be patient was another one. They've always been. I used to tell my kids, you know, always be the last one to challenge, you know. And I think that's an asset to being a patient, very patient. Ron, when you look back over a wonderful career, what was yeah. the biggest thrill you got through it all? Biggest thrill? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, well, I suppose, I suppose, you know, the, uh, the day that um, 
Ragstone won the uh, after Gold Cup. Um, we had a wonderful, lovely party together at Arundel, uh, where, the, where the Duke and Duchess lived, and we had a wonderful party there. So uh, it was very, very odd. I'd say that yeah, that was one of the biggest thrills I've had uh, in racing and would be uh, winning the, the, the Oscar Gold Cup. Mm. Did, did you ever ride for Queen Elizabeth? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, I won the Goodwood Cup for the Queen Elizabeth uh, on a horse called Gulliwal. Uh, I can't even pronounce it, but Gulliwal it was. And, and she won, she happened to be there at the time, yeah, but, yeah. yeah so... Um, uh, it was, I was very fortunate. In fact, well, the very first row I had for the Queen, I won a horse called Orbiston uh, at Linfield. And uh, so, yeah, I had a bit of success for her. I didn't ride much for her, but uh, in those days, her trainer was uh, Captain Boyd Rochford and uh, the jockey was uh, Harry Carr. So, you know, so I, I'd get the odd rider too, that's mm. all. Yeah, But well, uh, I, I was very successful. I had a bit of luck for her. Yep. Well, Ron, have a wonderful 95th birthday today. Can I make a deal with you now? Can we ring you on your one hundred? Ring you on your one hundred? Gee, wizard. wouldn't that be great, eh, hey, Sean? Hey, yeah, oh, you're a dollar I won, Ron. A dollar I won, mate. Yeah. When you ran through all the things that you say to do to live to 95 and and what not to do, I started to panic. I thought I'm going to die in three days. I'm off here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well. I hope to see you soon. Yeah, okay. we'll have a champagne. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That'd be lovely. That's for sure. Good on yeah. you, Ron. Have a beautiful yeah. birthday today, Good mate. Have a lovely uh, day. Thank you, Sean. Thank you very much, and Matt. Thank, thank you. you. Good on well you, Ron. Done. Happy birthday, mate. Thank well done. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, Thanks, Ron. What a pleasure that was.